It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Global News Hour at 6. Yeah, people waking up this morning to find everything covered under a deep, thick blanket of snow. It didn't stop let up until early this morning. Road crews obviously kept very busy trying to keep just on top of keeping those roads clear. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. So lots of people dealing with yet another huge amount of snow that fell overnight. Many in the Fraser Valley getting a lot more than was forecast. Jill Bennett begins our coverage from Chilliwack. It's been a busy 24 hours for this two-man team going into high gear to keep the snow from accumulating. One or something is when it really started to get heavy. About 17 centimeters of snow fell overnight, adding to the 10 centimeters already on the ground. To get a clearer picture of just how much snow fell here in Chilliwack, crews were out all night clearing parking lots like this one, leaving behind huge piles of snow. And then I got home at 20 to, 20 to 5, I think, and then by... 8 o'clock I was out here and it's just it's a busy night so I don't know quite often I'll plow through the night and then go teach the next day. City crews in Chilliwack have also been working around the clock dealing with the heavy snow. The overnight crews did a great job most of the roads are completely black so it's been good but the problem now is with the sidewalks we've got sidewalks with you know, a foot of snow on top and uh, people you can see people throughout the city shoveling away trying to clear sidewalks trying to get things uh, moving again. As for salt, the city is going through a lot, but more shipments are arriving. We've used about 600 tons of salt, which is about half of one of these storage sheds. In some neighborhoods, residents are helping each other out, even enjoying the snow, as it means getting to try out a new toy. Others choosing to use a more traditional form of snow removal. I'm just helping out my neighbor here. It's not even your house? No, not my house, just lending a hand. On Friday, a small plane at the Abbotsford Airport slid off the runway, injuring two passengers. By Saturday morning, conditions were better, but a flight to California was cancelled. So we decided to stay home and enjoy the snow. I don't like it, especially when I'm supposed to be in Palm Springs, basking in the sunlight, drink in hand. City crews say they are ready if more snow falls. They're also preparing for the temperature to start rising, prompting the big melt. Jill Bennett, Global News, Chilliwack. All right, there is more snow on the way in certain areas. Let's check in with our meteorologist, Yvonne Schall, on that one. Where are you seeing this, Yvonne? Yeah, we're going to be tracking it, especially for the evening hours. I wanted to give a snapshot of what we did see so far, and this is the storm totals. Unofficial numbers, but a range. For example, Westwood Plateau between 30 and up to reports of closer to 60 centimetres for a few spots. Uh, Port Moody, 32 centimetres, areas near Maple Ridge, close to 26. Chilliwack, 26 to 27. New West, 15 and up to 20 centimetres. And for a few spots, low Locally in Burnaby, 18 and up to 30 centimeters. And we even saw a variation from street to street and neighborhood to neighborhood. Here's the satellite and radar. And we are already starting to see some moisture pushing in across the island. Higher elevations will be looking at a rain-snow mix and wet flurries. For Metro Vancouver, it's really going to be stretching in towards the Fraser Valley, Abbotsford East, and in towards Hope. 
for this evening and overnight, we are looking at some wet snowfall and accumulating. We also have a significant amount of uh, snowfall if you're heading into the mountain passes. I'll have more on those numbers coming up very shortly. Sonia. Well, all right. We'll see you soon. Thanks very much for that. Uh, the cold weather also leading to a warning for dog owners and walkers to keep pets on a leash. This is after two dogs got loose and ended up in frigid waters. Kristen Robinson reports. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Breaking the ice with her elbows, a woman putting out an Olympic-sized effort to reach a dog struggling to pull itself out of a hole in the ice. Oh, oh, come on, come on. There was a dog stuck in the ice, and I said, oh, my God, this doesn't look good. By the time Pervez Iqbal grabbed his camera, the man and woman had jumped in allowing him to record and commentate the daring rescue at Ambleside Duck Pond. Quick, before they freeze. Well, I was actually quite horrified. Horrified because it's the second time in as many days. Another dog fell through the ice Friday at Vancouver's Trout Lake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The dog's in the water. It happened so fast. Seconds later, a woman, not the dog's owner, jumped in, chipping away until she was able to grab Tessa and pull her out. Oh, my God. She rescued it and brought it back. I've um, never seen anything like that before. It definitely is not uh, safe. We ask all dog owners to be very mindful and, and keep their dogs away from the water. The Vancouver Park Board reminding everyone that the ice, although deceiving, is little more than a layer of slush. Next time, keep the dog on the leash. Yeah. This woman in West Vancouver, again, not the dog's owner. Her freezing dip saved someone's best friend, but firefighters don't recommend anyone risk hypothermia. Well, he'll never do that again. Till the next time. Kristen Robinson, Global News. All right, let's bring you the latest on a story coming out of uh, the Pyeongchang Olympics now. It has tarnished the image of Team Canada. It involves a wild knight on the town and a ski coach from a prominent BC family. Jeff Semple is in South Korea with the details. Jeff, what happened? Well, Sonia, the Canadian Olympic Committee has now released an emailed written statement in which it says it is deeply disappointed with its Team Canada members who were arrested overnight on Friday for allegedly stealing a car and driving it drunk. Canadian Olympian David Duncan is a veteran ski cross athlete. The 35-year-old missed the podium in Pyeongchang, but he's now landed himself at the center of an international incident. We can confirm that an incident occurred uh, involving police around midnight Friday, early morning on Saturday. The Canadian Olympic Committee has released few details, but local police told Global News that Duncan, his American wife and Canadian coach, left a bar early Saturday morning and stumbled upon this Hummer. It was parked with its engine running, unlocked and empty. And then they just went away with the car. Police say they drove the stolen vehicle for about 25 kilometers back to Athlete's Village where they were staying. When officers finally caught up to them, they found the driver. Duncan's Canadian coach had a blood alcohol level more than three times South Korea's legal limit. The detective says Rain denied he was drunk and one of his passengers was passed out. Just like in your own country, you can't get away with these things in Korea, he says. The alleged drunk driver and Team Canada coach, William or Willie Rain, is himself a former Olympic skier. And so is his mother. Nancy Greenrain, an Olympic gold medalist who in 2009 was appointed a Canadian senator for British Columbia. They are representing our country over there and they should be, uh, 
not necessarily held to a higher standard, but they should make better choices than that. One quick question. The Olympic incident is sparking comparisons to the case of Ryan Lochte, the American swimmer who faced criminal charges during the last summer games in Rio. During a drunken night out, Lochte vandalized a gas station, then lied to police. But this latest offense by Team Canada is more serious. Drunk driving alone can result in a prison sentence of up to three years. Is Mr. Duncan being released? Nearly 24 hours after their arrest, the three suspects remained in police custody, being interviewed by prosecutors and visited by a steady stream of lawyers and consular officials. Just before midnight, Korean time, all three were finally released and driven away. The local police investigation here is now complete, and it's now up to South Korean prosecutors to lay charges in this case. There's been no official word as to whether the Canadians involved have had to hand over their passports or will have to remain in this country while they wait for their day in court. Sonia? Jeff, thank you very much for that. Jeff Semple from Korea there. We're also hearing from Willie Rain's friends, Rob Boyd, a former Olympian. He says what Rain's accused of is not the man he knows. The same feeling echoed by former downhill racer Chris Kent. All those people are not the kind of people that would you would typically associate with an incident like this. They're not those people that go out and get wild, drunk partying. I mean, it's, it's rambunctiousness, and uh, I really hope that this can be something that everybody can learn from and not have, you know, some really serious consequences. In other news tonight, Victoria Police have made an arrest in connection with a series of sex assaults on transit buses. Officers started to investigate after a young woman came forward earlier this week to report an incident with a man on a bus. Several other young women then came forward reporting similar experiences. Nathan Holly, who turns 30 this year, was arrested and charged with one count of sex assault. The arrest comes after a separate incident last November. When Victoria Police released this surveillance photo of a man who allegedly sexually assaulted a woman on a bus, the man was captured on camera boarding a BC transit bus in Victoria. That suspect was reported to be in his 40s. No charges have been laid. Now, before Christmas, we introduced you to John Black, a quadruple amputee who was struggling to find a new place to move into. He thought he had a new home as of this coming Thursday, only to find out it wasn't available. Now he has nowhere to go. Julia Foy has this NewsHour follow-up. That sure does quite well in the snow, actually. Yeah. Quadruple amputee John Black and his sister Doris were supposed to be spending the day moving some of his furniture into a new home at Creekview Co-op Housing on Granville Island. I'm going to install my freezer and possibly have my bed delivered, my hospital bed. For 14 months, John has struggled to recover from a terrible accident that cost him both hands and feet. He's had to learn new life skills at the GF Strong Rehabilitation Centre. But for the past two months, the Blacks allege they've met with several co-op members at Creekview with a plan to have them move in next week. They were offering me furniture. They showed me the room. They said, OK, you could probably move in March 1st. And it was rolling along just fine. How exciting was that? It was awesome. But then just days ago, John received heartbreaking news. A letter from a lawyer representing the Creekview co-op arrived. It reads in part... At the board meeting of February 21st, the board considered your request. Unfortunately, as the co-op is not taking any new tenants at this time, they're not able to offer John Black a room in Unit 202. Very disappointed. And again, I'm back to limbo because I haven't been looking for a place to live. It's 
not only not fair, but it's just, it's not acceptable. It's not right. And I think that everybody you talk to agrees with that. Global News reached out to Creekview Housing Cooperative by phone and email, as well as lawyer Nisha Anand for comment, but no one responded to our request for information. Meanwhile, advocate Gordon Robertson is furious that the board has provided no reason to deny John a new home. The lawyer emailed me and said that the board are not, do not wish to discuss this any further. Because an awful lot of public funds have gone into there and an awful lot of public planning, I don't really think that they should be allowed to make that decision. John is now scrambling to find a new place to live, and he's also searching for answers. I'm denied for no reason. So what's going on? Julia Foy, Global News. Kelowna RCMP are putting out a reminder to parents to talk about personal safety with their kids after a possible child-luring incident. It involved a nine-year-old boy as he walked home after school this week. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan reports. I was very scared. Nine-year-old Brayden DiRapontini was walking home from Kelowna's Spring Valley Elementary on Thursday when a white minivan stopped at the entrance to a parking lot, blocking his path along the sidewalk. This lady rolled down her window and asked me if I wanted to, wanted to ride, and I, didn't, I said no. Um, and she said, are you sure? I said no again. I just kept on repeating stranger danger in my head. Then, Brayden says, the woman offered him a toy. I said no, and then I started walking around, and I was very nervous she might uh, circle around and follow me. But she didn't, and he rushed home to his mother. I said, uh, Mommy, I think someone was trying to abduct me today. Initially, I was um, a little bit skeptical because, you know, you, you hear of these things happen, um, but you, you never, and you prepare your child as best you, you can for a situation like this, but you don't actually think it's ever going to happen to your kid, right? Then just kind of really looking at him, I, I knew he wasn't lying by how I could see it in his face that he was really, really uh, shaken up about it and um, he looked scared. Mulholland notified RCMP. She also posted to Facebook and a woman messaged her to say she saw the two talking as she was leaving Costco. That's when it hit me really, really hard that this happened and I could have lost my son um, had he not made the decisions that he made. Um, so I was really grateful that um, we, we've always been really open and honest uh, with him about, you know, the, these are the things that can happen. Brayden says he didn't see the toy or anybody else in the car. He says the woman has dark shoulder length hair. Police are investigating. They're asking the driver to contact RCMP to hopefully shed some light on the incident. Police are reminding parents to discuss personal awareness and safety strategies with their children. They say to have a secret word for your family that can be used in emergency situations to identify a safe person. They also say children and teens should be walking to places with a buddy. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. All right, much more ahead on the news hour tonight, including the things that can go wrong when the guests don't cooperate during a live newscast. And up next, how do you make curling sexy enough to attract younger players? Stay with us. 
Welcome back. Well, Team Canada picked up a gold medal in mixed doubles curling in Pyeongchang, something that didn't go unnoticed by dozens of young curlers who have been competing in Kamloops this weekend. The win, of course, inspiring them and hopefully another generation of curlers to get into the sport. Nadia Stewart has more from the BC Winter Games. It is the sport Nave Calhoun has always loved. When I started, uh, it was just something I wanted to keep doing. So the more shots that I made, uh, I guess the better the practice was and the better I've got. Her talent and that of her twin sister are hard to miss, even from a young age. Maybe that's natural ability that they have that's passed down through the generations, I don't know. But yeah, they've definitely always done really well at the, at the sport. And while mom looks on, granddad watches too with pride. Three generations of curling, each one inspiring the other to get into a game that hasn't always been popular with teens or tweens. It really is all about just making sure they have meaningful competition. So for Curl BC, the goal is to grow the sport, one young curler at a time. The end game here is uh, to increase participation in the sport, um, have more teams competing in, in all the BC game zones would be ideal. Uh, this year we had seven of eight zones competing. A goal for us would be to have all eight zones competing, hopefully. Meanwhile, the goal for Nave is to follow in the footsteps of the women she looks up to. Great shot. Hot shot, Holman. Team Holman, who are representing Canada at the Olympics this year. For now, she has her sights set on climbing higher. Ladies Nationals would be excellent. Uh, Worlds is good, but the step to Nationals is great. If I do go, it would be great to go with my sister, uh, since that's been our dream since we started watching it. Nadia Stork, Global News. All right, back to the snowfall and the flip side of all of that snow today. This is the fun part. A hill on Burnaby Mountain looking just as busy as any local ski hill. Kids of all ages really getting out and enjoying the snow and the weekend to go tobogganing. <laughs> it's oh, really good. It's, it's cold though. Really, really cold. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything. It's a great looking snowman. <laughs> the head popped One off. of the pieces off. Yeah, some more on the snow as well. These mittens and toques were dropped off at the Stanley Park Ranger Station. Uh, the woman who knitted them wanted to keep the rangers warm during this winter weather, and she asked that they be passed on to anyone in need. Often rangers struggle with how can we help with these people. Um, uh, so it's, it's nice to have things like this. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to keep warm. I love them. Um, that's exactly what I was doing with my five-year-old yesterday. <laughs> out there with the kids and uh, just going down the hill with, um, with the, the good old sleds. Well, I was working, shoveling. I'm sure oh, yeah. a lot of people have been shoveling yeah. uh, a lot over the last But it's while. nice it's and fun. soft right it's, now. It's actually not that bad. It's not that hard. Yeah. did it with my daughter, so it was fun. Oh, okay. Last, now we can drive, get safely out the driveway. <laughs> exactly. It's a challenge. 
Yeah. How, how messy is it going to get further ahead, though? So it's really uh, going to fall as rain for many areas across the south coast, but it's eastern sections and higher elevations that will be seeing wet snow, and that's going to develop as early as this evening and continue for the overnight. I wanted to show you some of the tweets, photos. We've got plenty of emails, uh, but just thank you so much, everyone, for sending in your reports. It's ever so helpful because it's localized in many areas. Uh, Jason sent this one in up to 26 centimeters. We showed you some of the no- totals at the top of the show. It was great to be outdoors. This was a shot taken in Richmond and a winter wonderland, as we could see for areas in Burnaby and really many areas across the lower mainland. Uh, so when I come back, we'll talk more about where we'll see accumulating snowfall, how much for the Fraser Valley and eastern sections, and a significant amount is on the way if you're heading along the mountain passes. I'll have the timing of that coming up shortly. I almost wanted to put my Christmas decorations in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is pretty, but just for a day or two. And exactly. That's it. <laughs> Over it. Um, what's going on in sports well, today? Well, you believe the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the last Sunday already in Korea and they're down to the final few events and uh, Canada is one short of getting a 30th medal. It's already a record breaker for us. We'll fill you in on if that is a possibility and look back at the Canucks game last night. Finding out this Vegas team is the story in sports again. Mm-hmm. The, the Knights are st- they're, le- they're an expansion mm-hmm. team leading the NHL three quarters into the season. I mean, they are no fluke, and um, they handed it to the Canucks pretty good last night. All right, we'll catch up with all of that in a few minutes. Plus, an actor with Canadian connections is making some pretty shocking allegations about his experiences in Hollywood. Coming up on the news hour, find out what Brendan Fraser is saying about a former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Also ahead, calls for justice at a rally honoring the memory of a murdered indigenous girl. Stay with us for that, too. Well, crowds in downtown Vancouver marched for change today in honour of Tina Fontaine. A jury found the man accused of killing the Indigenous teen not guilty. Supporters of Fontaine say that the system has failed another Indigenous victim. They've also denounced social services for not protecting her and now calling on governments at all levels to step in and fix what they call a broken system. Demonstrators remembering the young teen whose body was found in Winnipeg's Red River in 2014. Raymond Joseph Cormier was charged with second-degree murder in 2015, but he was found not guilty on Thursday. Global Regina's Caitlin Wilson has more. More than 100 people rally outside a Regina courthouse calling for change. Now we live in a greater fear that our own government is not protecting us. Standing together in solidarity, some holding signs, others wrapped in blankets. We're wearing the blankets today to reverse that message, so that blankets are here to spread love, to to warm people. That message coming just days after a jury found Raymond Cormier not guilty of second-degree murder and the death of Tina Fontaine. The 15-year-old's body was pulled from the Red River in 2014, wrapped inside a duvet cover weighted down with rocks. I think our justice system and all of Canada has failed Tina Fontaine, and I'm here to demand justice and express love for her and her family. The verdict renewed calls to overhaul the justice and child welfare system that many say failed the teen. I hope that something will change and I hope that if I were to go missing or get murdered, I hope that something would happen. But I know that 
nothing would happen, nothing would change, and I would still be another statistic. Similar sentiments echoed at other rallies across the country, from Vancouver to Montreal. It's high time that Canadians start educating themselves on, on the issues because we are treated as criminals, regardless whether we're dead or alive. It's the second time in two weeks similar demonstrations have taken place, where many say they are still getting over the shock after a Saskatchewan farmer was found not guilty in the death of 22-year-old Colton Bushy. But organizers add they will not stop their fight for justice and calls for change. We're going to keep coming out and we're, we're going to rely a lot on our allies to keep this conversation going and keep, keep these, these uh, numbers growing in the streets and, and we're just going to hope for change. Caitlin Wilson, Global News. Family, police and volunteers are out for a fourth day now looking for a toddler who went missing after floodwaters swept him out of his mother's arms in southern Ontario. Many volunteers saying that they will not stop until three-year-old Caden Young is found. Global Toronto's Erica Vella has the latest. I've probably cried every day about it. It was that emotion that compelled Jamie Lang to drive over half an hour to come join the search. Even seeing the helicopter going across there just... Instantly, you just want to cry. I have two small children as well, um, two two-year-olds, that I know if I was that mother and my husband, I would want to be having as many people as I possibly could out here. She's just one of 200 volunteers helping with the search efforts. I know this family, and this little boy needs to come home. With the chopper flying high and dive teams scouring the water, police and volunteers are hoping they'll catch any sign of Caden Young. Young went missing Wednesday after a vehicle he was in with his mother was swept away by floodwaters in the Grand River. On Saturday, the fog lifted and the river water receded, making it easier for people to search. It's helped because the water levels come down. We're hoping with the water levels coming down, we can see more of the shoreline. The weather's cooperating, yeah. The river's a lot lower, but there's a lot of ice, a lot of fallen trees, so makes it a little difficult. But the challenging weather conditions has not stopped community members from coming out and showing support. You can see the rows of cars that are parked behind me. These are just some of the people who have come out today to volunteer their time in the search efforts. 200 people out. I think our odds are pretty good and, you know, approximately 20 of our officers as well. So, you know, we're just keeping at it and doing our best. You know, everybody touches everybody. It's a small community and people have children. You know, it's, it's, it's tough on them and they want, you know, want to bring some closure to the family. But as long as everybody works together, then hopefully we'll find him and be able to bring him home. A memorial has formed here just on the bridge. Teams tell me they will continue to search until about sundown tonight and we'll be back here tomorrow. They say they won't stop until the boy is found. The United Nations has unanimously approved a resolution demanding an immediate 30-day ceasefire in Syria. It is to allow aid to get in and medical evacuations. This is all coming as more bombs and gunfire rain down on people in the rebel-controlled areas. It is estimated in less than a week, more than 470 people have been killed in a Damascus suburb alone. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association is investigating actor Brendan Fraser's claim that its former president groped him in 2003. The 49-year-old actor, best known for his role in the Mummy trilogy, made the accusation in an interview with GQ magazine. In a statement, the Hollywood Foreign Press wrote that they are looking into the accusation. 
Fraser was born in Indiana to Canadian parents. He grew up in Ottawa and Toronto. South Asian media outlets are reporting that one of India's most celebrated actresses has died. The 54-year-old Bollywood actress Sri Devi was attending a family wedding in Dubai when she suffered a fatal heart attack. Her husband and daughter were apparently with her when she died. Her career spanned five decades. She was described as India's first female superstar. Fans have been flooding social media with condolences. In health matters, alcohol abuse that starts in college and university increases the risk of alcohol abuse later on in life. A University of Michigan study found students who lived in a fraternity or sorority house were much more likely to binge drink during their time in school and after they leave school. It found that 45% of males and 26% of females living in Greek housing had symptoms of alcohol abuse at the age of 35. They also had higher rates of marijuana use into their mid-30s. There is more snow on the way for a lot of people. Yvonne will give us all of the details next, plus the truly epic amount of snow that's buried a community in Japan. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back. Now, if you thought the snow that we've had has been pretty bad, I want to show you what happened in Japan today. A record amount of, are you ready for this, 123 inches or more than 10 feet hit the northernmost uh, main island of Hokkaido. The previous record there has been 122.8 inches. That was actually set back in 1970. Uh, Japanese forecasters saying they will not get a break in the snow till tomorrow. All right, Yvonne, <laughs> I thought we would show that because it kind of softens up the blow of what we've had, it does, kind of. 10 feet. Yeah, I'm five foot one. So that would be it bury you. Yeah, just yeah, <laughs> just double times two. All right. Yeah, it does soften the blow from what we've seen. Um, right now, we are looking at some rainfall that is going to push in for most areas, lower elevations, but higher elevations and stretching into eastern sections. The potentials there to see anywhere between two and up to four centimeters for this evening. Higher elevations along the island will see a similar weather picture. First off, though, here's a look at our tower cam shot where we're still seeing dry conditions, but the moisture is just inching in towards the west end, and we'll start to see it shortly over the next few hours. Temperatures are sitting at 3 right now, an easterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. Our high today was at 3, average for this time of the year, 9. So we were below that, but we are going to see that number start to increase over the next few days. Very happy birthday this evening to Ellen from Imraz from Vancouver, celebrating 104. And Ingar Laurie from Victoria, celebrating 100. So congratulations to you both, and I hope you've had a wonderful day. Back to the forecast and a few of the numbers that we saw across the province today. Cooler for interior sections with Kamloops at minus 3. The Peace at minus 3. Most areas uh, for the coast along Prince Rupert up to 4 today. And Victoria and Tofino with highs of 7 and 8 degrees. This moisture that is going to push in across the south coast. So once again, areas near the water will be falling as rain. It's higher elevations and stretching in towards eastern sections that we will be looking at snowfall for the interior this evening and overnight. A significant amount of snow is going to push in and it will start to ease off throughout the 
day on your Sunday. The mountain passes, especially the Coquihalla, this is from Hope to Merritt, anywhere between 10 and up to 20 centimeters. Highway 3 along the Allison Pass will see closer to 20. Highway 97 for the Pine Pass between 10 and up to 15 centimeters. And for the Sea to Sky, if you're planning on heading to Whistler, we're looking at 10 and up to 15 centimeters this evening and overnight before it starts to taper off throughout the day for tomorrow. But fresh snow for a lot of the mountains. Here's what we're seeing for the piece. Minus 3 tomorrow underneath the mainly cloudy sky. More sunshine and brightening up for your Monday, Tuesday. White horse overnight and for the morning hours, a wind chill feeling closer to minus 25. Coastal sections could see a bit of mixed precipitation, but it's inland that we're looking at anywhere between 2 and up to 15 centimeters of snowfall. The Caribou and Central Interior, it's lower elevations, 2 and up to 5 centimeters for the evening hours. For tomorrow, a southerly wind with gusts of up to 40 kilometers per hour. Columbia and Kootenai region, 5 centimeters tonight with an additional 2 centimeters for tomorrow. And once again, it's the mountain passes and higher elevations that are seeing over 10 or 15 centimeters of snowfall. Most areas and lower elevations will see 2 and up to 4 centimeters this evening with an additional 2 centimeters in flurries throughout the day for tomorrow. Whistler 10 and up to 15 centimeters tonight, tapering off to flurries, temperatures bumping up to one. And across the island, we will see some instability tomorrow where there is even the risk of a thunderstorm and mixed precipitation. And wet flurries or wet snow will really be for higher elevations. We'll start to see it taper off, some breaks once again, similar to the weather picture that we saw today. But it's Monday, late in the day that we're tracking the next system. Looks like it'll stay as rain and much milder as we look ahead towards next week. Sonia? All right. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. Now, live television can be pretty funny, especially when wildlife don't follow the scripts. They're good for ridding your garden of bugs or flying onto fans. How's that for how's that for an introduction? Yes. Right. We'll be right we'll back. We'll be talking with about today. this next or now. <laughs> yeah, that actually did happen. The bird known as a scarlet ibis uh, just couldn't wait to make an appearance in part of a local San Diego newscast. Landed on the news anchor's head, as you just saw there. Thankfully, she did cooperate after the commercial break. All right, great news for Team Canada. At the Olympics again, the Canadians' men's hockey team has won a bronze. Barry's got all the details for us next. Plus, the enjoyable side of all this snow. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back. Lots of sport and good news. Uh, I suppose, yeah. if you don't like the Olympics, because they're, they're all coming to a close. Is that what you meant by that? Well, I meant, like, in terms of the Olympics, <laughs> it's had a really good feel-good factor for a lot of us. Uh, yeah, like, it's, Team it's, Canada it's been good. There's always so good, well. fun stories. There's always Apart from uh, what was in the news heartbreaking today. stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, some people drink sometimes, I guess. All right. Uh, it's the final day of the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. Canada has uh, one last medal hope in four-man bobsled. Summerland's Justin Cripps, who won the gold in the two-man, sat fourth, entering the final two runs. As of right now, with w- one run to go, he is still fourth, but he's 28 one-hundredths out of the bronze medal. It doesn't sound like much, but in bobsled, that is a lot to make up in one run. So to make the podium, it'll be tough. You have his uh, run over the next few minutes. Earlier this morning, Canada's men's hockey team beat the Czech Republic 6-4 to capture the bronze. It was a nice bounce back after that shocking loss to the Germans. And how about these veterans leading the way? 37-year-old Chris Kelly, the captain, scored two. 35-year-old Andrew Ebbett from Vernon scored twice. Another former Canuck, Derek Roy, who's 34, got a goal. And Wojtech Volsky, the young one of the group, 32, he got the last goal. Gold medal game between Russia and Germany goes 8 o'clock tonight, our time. Medal standings. Norway is going to win it easily. Canada at a record 29, going for 30. 
Almost had number 30 earlier this morning. The great Alex Harvey finished fourth just off the podium in the 50K men's cross country. Too bad. If any Canadian deserves a medal for his amazing trailblazing in a sport, it's Alex Harvey. Likely his final Olympic race. Never did win an Olympic medal, but numerous World Cup wins and other medals. Well, if you were one of those people waiting for the Vegas Golden Knights to crash back to earth and start playing like an expansion team, you're going to have to wait a lot longer. The Knights just keep rolling along at a startling pace. Vegas continues to own the very best record in the NHL, and they're doing it in a very expansion-like way, scoring a ton of goals. Vegas has scored 28 goals in their last five wins, including six against the Canucks last night. Vancouver's first trip to Vegas. Good to see Darren Archibald in the lineup against all odds, which is fitting in Vegas. Canucks actually played a very good first period. They were down 1-0, but Sven Darchi from Sam Gagne made it 1-1. And then the Sedins combined to set up Thomas Vanek, who uh, we expect will be traded over the next 48 hours. That made it 2-1 for Vancouver. But before the end of the period, Vegas ties it up, and this guy has been outstanding. William Carlson, who they got from Columbus, I think scored about 15, 16 last year in Columbus. Well, this is number 32 for William Carlson. And then he's back for more in the second. And this guy can shoot. He's a real sniper. That's his 33rd, 3-2 Vegas. Carlson on pace to go over 40 this year. Jonathan Marcheseau, who Florida let go in the expansion draft, scores there. 4-2 at that point. Not the greatest night for uh, Anders Nilsson, although uh, Eric and Branson ran into him there. And then Thomas uh, Noshik will complete the big second period barrage. 6-3 the final. Vegas leads the NHL with 86 points. The Canucks are 33 points behind them in fourth last place. Canucks are in Arizona tomorrow night. All right, NHL action today. Flames in Colorado. Calgary in a dogfight with a half dozen teams in the West for a playoff spot. First period, 18 seconds in. Michael Froelich. Spins and fires, beats Semyon Varlamov, 1-0 Calgary. And then later in the first, Matthew Kachuk takes the hit to make the play. Michael Backlund to the captain, Mark Giordano. Nice play there, his 10th, 2-0 Flames. Second period now, 2-1 hockey game. Flames regain that two-goal lead. Michael Stone shot, tipped nicely by Sean Monaghan. He's got 29 for the Flames, 3-1 Calgary. And then in the third, Troy Brower missed six games with a facial fracture, rips home his fourth of the year. He's a key veteran to have down the stretch. Flames win 5-1. They're part of seven teams fighting for just five spots in the West. Jets and Stars, Winnipeg battling Nashville for first in the Central, just two points back. Second period, 1-0 Stars, but the Jets come out gunning in the second. How about Nick Ehlers winding and firing from the ladies' tees there? Ties it at one. 24th of the year for the Great Dane. Later off the rush, Toby Enstrom. Five hole on Kari Lettinen. First of the year for Enstrom. 2-1 Jets. And then on the power play, some quick passing. Wheeler to Mark Scheifele. Quick release, and it's 3-1 for the Jets. They have so much firepower, such as Patrick Lyonnais, who got two tonight, his 30th and 31st. He just is a pure sniper. 5-2 Jets lead in the third. Leafs and Bruins, no Austin Matthews for the next 10 days for the Leafs. Out with a shoulder injury, first period. How about William Nylander over to Mitch Marner, who rips the wrister past Tuukka Rask, ties it 1-1. All the top...
players on both teams shining tonight. Then on the power play, Nazem Kadri off the little redirect in front by James Van Riemsdyk. That knocks it in to make it 2-1, is 22nd. Bruins answer, though. Brad Marchand, look at the give and go here, has no room somehow over the shoulder of Freddie Anderson. Second of the night, 24th of the year for Marchand. Second period, now 3-2 Boston. Leafs on another power play, and it's Marner to Kadri. Quick release there, 3-3, very late in the third. And we'll show you some lightning and halves from Montreal. Second period, NHL scoring leader Nikita Kucharov with the power play goal. Nice setup from Victor Hedman. 33rd goal, 81st point for Kucherov, 2-1 Tampa. Habs tied it, took the lead then on their power play of their own. Max Pacioretty, who many expect to be dealt over the next 48 hours as well. His 17th made it 3-2. But in the third, on a two-man power play, Kucherov one more time snaps in his 34th. 3-3, and that's the way they stand in the third right now. All right, still to come, the Whitecaps make another signing to shore up their back line. And Tiger Woods did something today in round three of the Honda Classic he hasn't done in three years. We'll tell you what when we come back. Welcome back. Tiger Woods' comeback is proceeding along quite nicely. For the first time in years, Tiger is pain-free after multiple back surgeries. Even he has said it will take time to regain his tournament form, but we are seeing signs of that. He finished in the top 25 at the Farmers at Torrey Pines three weeks ago, and even though he missed the cut last week, he is in the top 12 this weekend with just one round to play at the Honda Classic in Florida. Tough conditions again at PGA National, windy, firm, tricky greens, but Tiger's done... Quite well. On the 12th for par and the fist pump there. Tiger hanging in there. 18th, third shot on the par 5. Nice touch to two feet. Finishes with a birdie. A one under 69. Tiger's first sub-70 round in a full-field PGA Tour event since 2015, if you can believe it. He's tied for 11 at even par. Justin Thomas in the hunt again for birdie on 17. Knocks it down. Thomas is at six under, but he is one behind the leader, Luke List, who is from Seattle. List out of the bunker on 18. Third shot on the par five, and that's nicely done. Tap that in for birdie and the one-shot lead. By the way, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin taking this week off. The Whitecaps season opener is just eight days away, and today they added another big piece to their back line. Literally, they acquired six foot four defender Jose Aja from Orlando. Aja is a 24 year old from Uruguay. They like his size, of course, and his ball handling skills, and he's got 25 MLS appearances under his belt as well. English Premiership, West Ham and Liverpool. West Ham down in 13th place. Liverpool looking to move into second. It was one-sided. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to Mohamed Salah. And all this guy does is finish beautifully with the left foot there. His uh, 31st of the season made it 2-0. And he pumped in two more. They pumped in two more after that, including Roberto Firmino's chip in there. 4-1 the final for Liverpool, who climb a point above Manchester United, Man U host Chelsea tomorrow. That should be a good one. And we'll finish with some rugby. Canada and Argentina in the America's Rugby Championship. Canada 1-2 and two through uh, two matches so far. Argentina 2-1. and one, And Las Pumas controlled this match pretty much start to finish. Santiago Resino slicing his way 
through the Canadian back line, 19-3 Argentina. Second half, more quickness from the home side. Santiago Montagne in for the try to make it 33-8. Captain Phil Mack with some nice work to get Canada a little closer, but they will fall 40-15 to to Argentina. Canada now 1-3 in the America's Rugby Championship. They close out the tournament next Saturday versus winless Chile. And that is it for sports. We're right back after this. Stay with us. Cypress a base of 409 and Sasquatch 347. Revelstoke with a base of 257, Manning Park 201. Powder King with 28 new centimeters of snow and a base of 260, Mount Washington 240. Big White with a base of 281, Silver Star 260, Sun Peaks 232 and Apex 262. Okay. All right, finally tonight, another example of some uh, fun in all of this snow that we've had. Uh, Let's show you this. This is a dog owner showing us how to do it properly. He hands over the reins to his dog, who then pulled the kids along (laughs) on the sled. Uh, The video shot at Mackie Park in North Delta. The other family dog walking behind the sled just to make sure everything was going according to plan. That's how you train your dog. That's how you do it. And on the North Shore, a lot of people getting out on their skis today. This uh, sent in by a viewer. Um, Showing a brisk ski down the snow-covered street uh, near Mount Seymour Parkway in North Vancouver. This is how much snow they had. Pretty cool. And in Port Moody, one man had so much snow in his backyard that he was able to create his own personal ski slope. It's incredible. See, that's what it's like in Norway. That's why the Norwegians win all the medals, because they ski to work, they ski everywhere. <laughs> they get practice. Yeah. Practice at their front door. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back at 11 if you can join us then. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.